Okay, and we are live and welcome everybody along to episode number 16 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. Wherever you're watching from wherever in the world, whether you're watching now live or later, it's with big open arms that I welcome you to the show. I am joined today. It is my absolute pleasure, in fact, I must say, to be joined by a fellow entrepreneur and a man who has the hunger for the hustle truly deep within him. My guest, Eric Cabrera, is a real estate investor, entrepreneur, and TV personality who has built and sold several businesses. Today, he owns health clubs and is an in-demand motivational speaker. Eric, welcome to the show. How are you this evening? Um, I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm, I'm wonderful. I'm great, and I'm grateful for you to be here. And I know it's a late hour there. You did just tell me you're a night hour, but uh, I do thank you for joining me at this late hour. At nearly Is it nearly midnight there? That's right, isn't it? Yep, yep. Just struck uh, midnight here, and, you know, it's honestly my pleasure. You know, my day started about 4.30, and, you know, I work a couple hours before the family wakes up and do my thing during the day, and then after dinner, tuck them in at night, and then I go back to work, so... I love your style. I love the style. I love the way you've got the you've got the balance set there, and it's um, it's important to find that. Particularly, I'm I'm not a family man. I don't have a family myself, but I can imagine when you've got a lot a lot of things going on, you have to find a schedule that suits you to be able to make it all workable, right? You you really do, and really, it comes down to why are you working so hard? Why are you doing all this? And and I do it for my family. So if I'm working hard in the office and I'm in the middle of something and one of my boys comes in, I stop. I take that time to turn, look him in the eye, see what he needs, hear what he has to say, because he might be coming in just to say, Dad, I love you. And I don't want to put a hand up and say, hold on a second and miss that because he's why I'm doing it. My family is why I'm doing it. So I look at everything that I'm doing and I focus on my why and and I'm willing to to balance that out and make them a priority. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think it's particularly important. You know, I've seen one of your boys is quite young. I saw him out there on the bike the other day when he just conquered that big hill. And he oh talked, about, talked about his Les Brown video. Which I just filled my heart with joy to see that. But yeah. it's particularly important. And as I said, I don't, I don't have children myself, but I am aware of the fact that when children are young, you know, their subconscious mind is very impressionable. And, and let's say, you know, he's coming into the office to tell you he loves you or maybe say good night. You push him away. You don't think about that so much at the time, but it's, it will have a, a, you know, will have an effect on the children later in life, I believe. Yeah. So and the way I look at it is we all create habits, you know, and if I create a habit of him come, saying no when he comes in, he's going to stop coming in. And I don't want that to happen. You know, and we're very, very close because I want to grow up or raise my kids. I have three boys. So I want to raise them as their dad. You know, we're their parents, but as they get older and they reach adulthood, I want them to feel comfortable enough to where I'm actually become a good friend. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. That's great. I love that sentiment. Now, Eric, tell me, I know you're a very busy man with lots going on and you've worked very hard to achieve the level of success that you have now. But I also know, Eric, that something about you that my I shocked the audience a little bit. It shocked me when I first learned it is that you left home at 12 years old without even any shoes on your feet. Now, perhaps you could tell me a little bit and tell, tell the audience about a little bit how you, you went from, you know, that 12 year old with no shoes on his feet to, to having the, the good solid success that you have in your life now. Sure. Yeah. And um, I, I'll, I'll even kind of preface it with the day that I did leave. 
um, I was sitting eating dinner with my mom and my brother and I heard my father pull up and I raced, I scooped up my plate and I threw it in the sink. And in my house, when you walked in the front door, you had a set of steps in a hallway to the kitchen. So I ran down the hallway and I was almost to the top of the steps when he walked in. He told me to come down and I paused for a minute in fear of what might happen because he was abusive. And by the time I turned around, he was already coming up at me. And our normal routine took place, if you will. And I wound up being pushed down to the bottom of the steps. And by the time I got to my feet, my ears were ringing so bad. My mom was in front of me crying, saying something that I couldn't even hear what she was saying. And as a 12-year-old, and I'll give you my honest thoughts, that I looked down that hallway into the kitchen past my mother, and I thought, I'm going to go ahead and get a knife, and I'm going to kill him when he passes out, because he was a big drinker. And at 12 years old, that was my, my true, genuine thought that ran through my head that day. And I had had those thoughts prior. But at that moment, sunlight came through the door, and something just told me to leave. Something just said, go, don't ever come back. And I walked out that door and yeah, I didn't have shoes on my feet. I didn't have a place to go. I didn't know who I was or even who I was supposed to be at that point. So fast forward a number of years of making mistakes, hanging around people that were going nowhere and I was going the same nowhere with them. Um, I decided at the age of 17, to move to Florida, get out of New York and start a new life. So wound up, I went there with $306, never been there before, didn't have a place to stay. Um, I figured I was homeless before in New York and it's a whole lot warmer in Florida. So, <laughs> <laughs> I knew if I could, if I could do it there, I can, I can do it on the beach somewhere, you know, Yeah, sure. you know, try to make the best of it. You know? So, mm -hmm. Yep. Just wound up doing that. I actually found the room to rent in somebody's house, got a job. I actually put myself through the fire academy and I had a phenomenal career as a fire a fireman. I retired at the rank of lieutenant and then uh, built and sold several businesses throughout my career. And when I retired, I moved to Colorado and now I'm doing all kinds of stuff. I'm definitely not retired, but <laughs> uh, I don't think uh Someone with a true, in fact, before I get onto that, thank you for being just so open and, and honest about sure. your, your story there. I really appreciate that. And um, not an easy thing to share for you, perhaps, but in fact, no, it seemed like you shared it pretty easily. I imagine you've shared it quite a few times, have you? Yeah. You know, and I used to be embarrassed about my situation, like in junior high, high school, you know, they, people thought I was the popular kid because I hung out with all the groups. I didn't have a set group of friends that I hung out with. And I did this purposely to protect myself because if I wasn't hanging out with the same group all the time, I wouldn't be missed if I was bruised or anything like that. Mm, yeah. Wow. So I used to be embarrassed about it, but I've learned so many lessons yeah. from that I'm able to look back and find a lesson in every negative situation and turn it into a positive. So I know that I'm not the only one that went through it. So I wish I heard somebody else's story. So I'm willing to share mine. That's brilliant. That's awesome. And uh, you could look at it like that you started networking there at such a young age, which is 
what you need to do as an entrepreneur, right? It's a yeah. special part of it. Yep. And go, go back to what you said there about retiring. I truly believe that someone with, with the hunger for the hustle in them, if you still have that hunger within you and you're an entrepreneur, you probably work just forever, right? Whatever, whatever, however you adopt work, whether it's <laughs> going to be book, uh, books or speaking or it's right. uh, an entrepreneur's work's never done really. I don't think. Well, you know, and it all started, you know, we all go through, adversity. And here's one of the lessons that I learned being on my own at 12 years old, you know, and understanding what it's like to be cold, wet, and hungry. So what I wound up doing is there was a bread factory in Queens and I would steal bread early in the morning and I would take paper bags from the grocer, from the supermarket, and I would fill it up and I started selling it to delis and pizzerias. <laughs> That's how I got my lunch money. You know, you first hustle? <laughs> I, it, it it was it was a forced hustle at the point, mm. but I learned a lot from it. You know, granted, I was I didn't start it off the correct way by stealing, but at that point, when I was twelve years old, when you're hungry and your back's kind of against the wall, it's just make it work. You got to get creative, right? Yeah. So now you fast forward through you know building the businesses, the career at the fire department. And when I did retire, before I got into something else, there was a couple months where I just spent time with the family. And it got to the point where my wife told me one day, she said, you you need to go find something to do because you are wearing us out. <laughs> and I think it would be better for everybody if you went back to work and put that energy somewhere. Yeah. How long, how long were you in the fire department for, Eric? 21 years. 21 years. That's a – so yeah, yeah. You're a veteran of the fire department, and that's a, that's an intense, demanding physical job, isn't it? It, it was, but mm. it was such a pleasure to do. Yeah, you enjoyed it, yeah? Yeah, every day. I'd leave and the firehouse and think I had to wait two days to get back. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> what, what, made you, what, what made you decide to leave the fire department and then you know, take this switch on to doing your own thing instead of working for someone else? Yeah, sure. So there was a, a few things that had transpired all at once. Um, my wife did a prison ministry down in Florida and she came to Colorado. She was invited to one of the supermax here for a women's prison. Mm -hmm. And she went there to do the ministry with some friends. And she called me, I was on duty one day and she's like, we need to move to Colorado. And we had just gotten back from a fire and I'm like, you're crazy. You know, I had eight, nine more years in my mind that I was going to stay there and work. And then we were in the middle of negotiations for our contract with the city. Well, they wound up freezing raises, taking away benefits. And if you retire after a certain amount of time, you don't get to keep your insurance, stuff like that. So my goal, my numbers were set at that point because they froze raises for 10 years. So if I stayed, it didn't make a difference. But I, if I left, I would get my annual cost of living increase, which is 6%, which would carry on until the day I die. Hmm. So it was a no brainer financially for me to do that. And that all transpired within about an hour. And then <laughs> I wound up booking a plane ticket for a week after my wife got back, right as soon as I found that out. And I was in Colorado about two days and decided to punch my ticket. Yeah. Nice. The power of power decision, right? Just yeah. snap, make it. Sometimes it it's, Sometimes there's nothing like that moment when you make a decision like that. You never forget it, do you? That never. You, never, never. Like you know, two two big two big moments there we've talked about in just the first ten minutes. 
that moment you decided to leave leave your family home and never come back and that moment you decided to move on from, from a career of 21 years you'd never ever forget moments like that no and and i miss it every day i, I was very blessed by the career that i had mm. and my success in the fire department was the fact that i was able to shut up and listen keep my mouth shut and i was surrounded by amazing people and really my success in the fire department was considered and i owe it to them it's funny because i was just about to touch on that you know the camaraderie of you know and it's similar similar connotations i work in construction have done for many years and you and you form a you know a band and in, and in some cases obviously there's a lot of females who work on on the construction site now it shouldn't be left out either but you form a band of brothers and sisters that you, yeah. you work around day to day and they become like your extended family because particularly in the fire department it's your job to keep as well as do the job and and save lives and Right. Um, avoid disasters or avoid them getting any worse. You're looking out for each other all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. Now, Eric, you've obviously got a lot going on there, but I think today I'm going to focus on Blitz 45 and how did you get involved with the, the idea of, of having your own health club and when when and how did you get started? Yeah, so it's a, it's a funny story because there was a, two local gyms called Zoo Health Club, Big Box Gyms. And I would go, depending on what muscle group, I'd go to either one. You know, if I was working out legs, I'd go to this one. If I was doing shoulders, I'd go to this one. But I became good friends with the owner. And when I told him that I was getting ready to retire, he said, what what are you going to do? You're 40 years old. You know, how now what are you going to do with your life? You know, you need to grow up at some point. And I said, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he said, well, why don't you open one of these up? And I asked him if he wanted the partner. And I didn't even know it was a franchise until that day. So I looked into the franchise, did all the steps it takes to get approved for it, and then started looking for locations. And we decided to move to Colorado. Like I said, there was a lot of things going on at once. Mm -hmm. So when I retired, we moved to Colorado. Corporate asked if I wanted to open up some facilities out here because they wanted to make a push out West and started looking at the demographics and decided it was a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I suppose. And I don't know if this is true. You'd be able to tell me, do, do they have in fire in, uh, like the, the fire department, uh, building, you know, where you guys wait when you're on shift, they have gyms in them. I heard some of them. Yes. Yeah, so we did. I was actually part of the, health and wellness initiative that we had and we actually acquired equipment we got grants we had uh gyms built onto each firehouse that we had and we also acquired a building and that we made a gym that was open to every city employee oh really fantastic yeah. it was great a project to be a part of yeah i bet i bet it was um and now i know your your gym's opening pretty soon right yeah we're about two to three weeks away yeah Super excited about it. Now, on the journey, and I've been watching it, I've been watching you build that gym brick by brick and, and painting it and all sorts of stuff. I know there was even a bit of plumbing involved, which is my forte, or <laughs> used to be, used to be. I'm trying to move away from it used slowly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I am. There's no try. I am. Now, yeah. tell me about your your biggest challenge whilst you've been building and getting Blitz 45 from you know the idea, the concept in your mind to finding a partner to it actually being there and being, you know, uh, just a, a several weeks away from it opening. Sure. 
Um, one of the biggest hurdles we had, and since it's a new line, this is really the first of its kind. And I was able to work with corporate and set a lot of the standards. So one of my biggest hurdles was doing research. And in business, you always want to know what your competition's doing right so you could do it better and know what they're doing wrong so you do it right. So you want to stay out of that mediocrity of whatever industry you're in, because when you're stuck in mediocrity, the competition is so fierce because everybody's going for the same thing. So one of the biggest hurdles we had is health and fitness is a huge industry. It's been around for so long, but how do we separate ourselves? And it, it boils down to colors, the attention, customer service. I mean, we create a hundred day onboarding system with 27 wow. touch points within our facility and outside. So, for example, if somebody joins our facility three days later from me or my business partner from ownership, you get a handwritten thank you card for becoming part of our family. So we really wanted to set ourselves aside and we really set our standards to be the Ritz Carlton of health and fitness. Mm, I love that. I love that. And uh, I resonate with you in the way that I do business. It's, it's important to be the difference, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what you said there. A hundred day onboarding. A lot of those gyms, it's okay. Thanks. Here's your membership. Boom. There's your access. Right. That's it, right? And it's like yeah. I sell products online, and often when you when you sell a product online, uh, sorry, when you buy a product online, you get the receipt to your inbox, and then you might get a follow up uh, email, which is just a cut and paste carbon copy a week right. later asking you for a review. Now, I actually in my business, I go to the uh, the 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 lengths of following up with with a text message or and a phone call a couple of weeks later just to know right. how they're going with the product you know don't even ask for a review if they want to leave leave a review I'm sure they'll be able to find how to do that but it's important particularly in an environment where people can find the products and services they want so easily on the internet it's important to be right. be the difference right and yeah. Um, amaze your customers frankly is what i like to do just not please them not just like make them happy amaze them right well everything we're so screen oriented these days everything is just let me push a button and get it that and i think we've been doing that long enough that people are starting to transition back to the experience they want to go out and do something fun you know that the screens are still exciting they're still a huge part of people's lives but i think that draw of actually doing something and creating that experience so no matter what industry you're in if you could create a unique powerful and meaningful experience for people you will set yourself apart so back to that question i think that's probably been one of our biggest hurdles because a 45 pound weight in my gym is still 45 pounds down the road. So we had to find those little little tweaks of what would make us different. And really we're there, we build it for the customer in mind from the beginning, not with us in mind. So that was our driving force to really help create a different umbrella of a fitness club, if you will. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, that is an interesting challenge because it's it is yes. in, in essence apples for apples, right? Weights are weights. Uh, a, a, a barbell is a barbell. A squat rack is a squat rack. But it's about creating the customer experience, right? Before, yeah. after, outside, and around that. And 
how how I mean you touched on it there, but how would you how would you figure out how you need to be different? Was it just sheer looking at the competition, going into gyms, looking at stuff online, seeing what they were doing, what they weren't doing? It, it was a combination of both and structuring our when some a potential customer comes in and we call them blitz family members. We don't want them just to be a member, you know, because now you're just part of a system and you're a number. So we want to, we invite them to be part of our family and our questions are geared towards them. What are your goals? What are you really seeking? And it's not to lose weight or to be in shape. We all have that goal, but we go a couple layers deep. You know, most relationships with businesses are only surface level. So we like to go a couple layers deep and really truly figure out what you need and what you're desiring. And then we bring that to the front and we make that the family members motivation and our motivation. So we created an accountability system within just those initial consultations. Nice. Nice. So it's, it's a customer driven business. Essentially. The whole, the whole thing is focused around the customer, which 100%. I think, and it's a physical business. It's a physical experience, but you can still get lost in that with the way that some of these gyms are set up now. Like, and I can take my gym. That I go to, obviously I'm not going to mention the name, but the gym I go to, it's, Sometimes there's someone on the desk. Often there's not. You know, it's a 24-hour gym. You've got your key ring on your access. Boom, you're in. Sure. That's it. You know, there's no one welcoming you. There's there's certainly no no kind of follow-up, no accountability. So, yeah, good job on being the difference. When, I, when I'm in Colorado next, I'll definitely come and work out at Blitz 45. I'll look Please forward do. to it. Our door is always open. You know, and we, we also train that daily interaction with our members, our Blitz family members, is super important. So we always ask what's going on or anything new going on. And we want people to say, for example, oh, yeah, we're going to Florida next week. And then that triggers a series of questions that our trainers are going to ask. Where are you going? Going to Orlando, going to Disney, whatever. Cool. What hotel are you staying at? And OK, it's going to be the Flamingo. What date did you say you were going? And we'll have a gift waiting there when they check in. It might be a $10 gift card to the gift shop in the hotel, but it's going to be something to let them know that we're thinking about them and we want them to enjoy their vacation. And we look forward to seeing them when they get back. Wow. That is powerful stuff. It's touches like that, that will make you the absolute difference and just showing that you care about your customers. I'm, uh, I might even steal that tactic for one of my own businesses, Eric. Please do. <laughs> Please do. In fact, I'm not stealing it. I'm borrowing it. Borrowing you, it. You have it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Now, tell me about your the the moment that really stuck out to you in this in, in this you know this getting this gym going, getting it up ground. The the big win that made really made the hair stand up on your on your arm and your neck, and and you thought, yes, this is great. This this is this is coming together nicely. I I, I it immediately comes to mind. I the phone rang at the gym. I picked it up and it was a lady on the phone and she could barely say hello because she was crying. And so I sat and waited and I asked her if she was okay. And she apologized and she said, I'm sorry, you probably don't even have time for me, but I want to find out what your prices are, what your facility offers. And I said, okay. I said, well, let's go back to me not having time for you. I'm letting you know that I have all the time that you need. All the time, 
I will spend an hour on the phone with you if I have to, to answer all your questions. And she just broke down. She said, I'm 500 pounds. I haven't left my house really in two and a half years. I have everything delivered to me now. I'm, I'm slowly dying. I'm killing myself. And fast forward, she's never even called a gym before. And she's been so embarrassed. So I spent almost two hours on the phone with her. She signed up over the phone. I still text her once a week just to keep motivating her. And for her to have the courage to finally do something and the fact that she chose us to do it with was just, I mean, I, I have my goosebumps right now because it was so amazing because she was so fearful that because of her weight and I couldn't even see her, I was on the phone with her mm -hmm. and that's how much fear she had and how much insecurity she had in her that she was so just scared over the phone. And the fact that I got to take two hours almost and spend with her and just answer her questions and make her feel better about herself, that she's not the only one in those situations. She's not the only one that's feeling this way, that's feeling that pain, that fear, and that there are people there to help her, whether it was us or somebody down the road. I, I would have referred her to somebody else if it was if she didn't feel comfortable with us. Mm -hmm. And that, that's just how important that phone call was. So that was the like mind blowing event. Like, wow, we we're on the right track. We're where we need to be. Yeah, that is a great moment. And it, congratulations to that lady. If she's ever watching this, because that would have taken a heck of a lot of courage to be able to yes. pick up that phone. And you must've wondered, important. you must've wondered what was going on when you picked up the phone at your gym and someone was crying. Yeah. Just didn't know. You know, did somebody get the wrong number? They're in trouble. I mean, yeah. you they got exactly the right number. That's for sure. Amen. Now, tell me about some, um, I always like to talk about failures and some people find that a bit of a, a funny or a negative subject. I don't at all because I'm sure you'll be able to agree with me here, Eric, that when you're working hard, when you're hustling, when you're building businesses and creating things, you often learn a lot more from the failures than when you do the wins because when you're winning, you're just coasting through, everything's good, there's not too much to be learned there. But when the failures come, and they do, and they will, it's the territory oh. of being an entrepreneur, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know that. I find that you learn more in those moments. So I'd like you oh, to yeah. share share a, share a couple, two or three with us, please. Sure. So failures, to me, I celebrate them because they're welcomed experiences. And... When you go into business, if, if the second you think, I'm going to go into business myself, this would be awesome to do. And if you could get past your subconscious mind talking yourself out of it or your best friend or family member, and you get past that point, and if for one second you don't think you're going to have any failures along the way, some mistakes or hiccups, you should probably go back to maybe working for somebody else and not think about going into business because failures are a part of it and they're a huge huge part of your growth and learning experiences because that will help you prevent make pre, you know prevent you from making mistakes in the future and not only that it really every failure opens up other opportunities because you're going to once that happens to you you step back and you look at it 
you might find three different avenues to go versus the one you thought was the right one. So for me, man, uh, failures, I, I tried opening up a roofing business. I was a fireman. I thought I could be a roofer. I lost a <laughs> hundred grand in that, <laughs> that mistake, you know, but it, it's, I recognized in myself that I don't need to be a roofer. I realized that it wasn't my calling, you know, because it's something that when you go into business for yourself and you're passionate about it and you understand that failures are a part of it, you can really understand and learn from it. But that that roofing business was a huge failure, huge mistake on my part. And I learned a lot of lessons. I learned a lot of lessons about building businesses when it came to that, because a lot of times businesses, when you're building it, have the same principles but I didn't know him at the time because it was on a different scale. So I completely fell on my face with that one. Um, I was looking at locations, even just opening the gym. I had failed locations where I put deposits down. I didn't do due diligence that I should have. So those mistakes really set me up for when I did find the right location, I knew what to look for. So failures are, are something that you should be celebrated. And, you know, you're, the title of your podcast, you know, Hunger for the Hustle. If you really are hungry and you want to hustle, you need to understand that you need to up your failure rate. If you're only failing one time a month, 12 times a year, and you're not getting where you want to go, well, go ahead and triple your failure rate. Fail three times a month, 36 times a year, because that's going to catapult you to success. And I know sometimes it's hard where people are like, what up your failures? Well, if you're failing more, that means you're trying more. And if you're failing more, you're working harder. If you're failing more, you're learning more lessons. So failures in my world, 100% welcomed. Yeah, it's just part and parcel, right? And if you- yeah, I get excited talking about them. Yeah, I, I think if you, if, if you don't, it's a weird one, but it's so true, so true. And if you don't expect that they're going to come, then you're in for a big shock if you're looking yeah. to go into entrepreneurship. Yeah, and they, that's all. they hurt so much more. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, they can be painful. It's, I would say that you could almost expect them to come because then when they do, you're not going to be supr so surprised by them. You're going to find the value in them. You're not going to, you're certainly not going to, which, which is the worst, which is the worst outcome of a failure, I would say, is that it can make you quit. And that, that really, to me, to me, that is the only actual true way of failing is when you quit. That's when you fail as a person. Mm -hmm. Your attempt or your idea might fail, but you're not a failure. The only day, and I agree with you, the only time you become a failure is when you say, I'm done, I can't do it. Because in my world, and even I instill it in my kids, we do not say that we can Let's try something else. We can do it. We will do it. This might not have worked, but let's try something else. And, you know, it, the failures are, are just phenomenal learning lessons. It, in so many ways, they teach you what not to do in business or whatever industry you're in, whatever niche you failed in. They build character. They strengthen your core, your soul, because you understand that you have passion in this. And you know what? That hurt. I've expected it. I knew these were going to come. I might not have expected this one, but I knew that they were going to come. And okay, how can I learn from this? And you pull other people in, get ideas. It creates opportunities to brainstorm. 
It creates opportunities to strengthen your foundation. Just so many benefits come from it. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, of course, I've been doing my research. I always love to do my research into my guests. And sure. I've been I've been looking looking at what you speak about and what really is your message. And it's it, 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 it pertains to me that what you really speak about is the value of self-worth. And I'd like to yeah. I'd like to quote you actually in one of the lines that you said which okay. i heard today and it it was i wrote it down it's if you don't know the value of your self-worth then your net worth means nothing correct yeah and would you like to expand on that a little bit for the audience on on sure. giving some context on that yeah absolutely money money won't make you happy and so many people spend their lives chasing money because they think that's what it really controls who they are. So if you ask somebody, who are you? They're gonna tell you about your job and how much money they make, but they, they don't even know themselves at that point. So when you understand the value of your self-worth, the overall opinion of who you are and what you truly believe you deserve, that's when you know that you can fall into your passion and take a job, like you just left your job and you're following your passion. That <laughs> but that job is something you were getting paid for. You're following your passion, which is what you were created for. So when it, it comes into knowing the value of your self-worth, you're the only one. We ourselves are the only one that can determine the value of it. I'm the only one that can determine my own value. And same thing goes for you. So were anybody else watching? So when you look at the value of your self-worth and your overall opinion of who you are, that so far exceeds money because money is a tool and it, it's to be attracted. It's not to be chased. If you spend your life chasing money, you will be in second place all the time. It will be so far ahead of you. But when you understand the value of your self-worth and you go after your passion, your dreams and your desires and you fulfill them, then that is going to be a secondary point because when you find your passion, you're going to go ahead and treat the people that you're dealing with appropriately. And the financial side is going to be a byproduct of that. Like what we do, we're doing at the Blitz. We treat our Blitz family members like gold because we understand if we don't have good employees and we don't have members, our business goes away. I don't care what you're selling, but we're passionate about helping them reach their goals and living their best life possible. So, Financial part is a secondary byproduct for us. So when you know the value of your self-worth, you will go and fulfill those dreams. But if you don't understand the value of your self-worth, you could potentially be left broken, broken. And I'm not talking a financial sense because you won't know the value of you and you will be broken as a person. And you'll live a life of desire and desperation to fill those wants and desires and you're going to be financing that way of life with your joy happiness and fulfillment and if you ask me personally that's way too much of a price to pay compared to writing a check out of a bank account mm, yes i agree i agree it's, um, on it. <laughs> yeah no i like it i'm glad i asked because every time i i've heard you deliver your message in a couple of ways but you you seem to adapt it nicely for the audience each time so thank you for sharing that and Every time I hear it, I'm like, I get a little nugget and I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't hear that before. That's why, that's why repetition is important when you're listening to positive messages, isn't it? Because you, 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 you can, it's funny, it's, it, the connotation I find is 
you know, when you think of one of your favorite songs that you know and you've listened to it for years, and then you listen to it one time and you're like, I never heard that lyric before. It really sticks out to me and it could be circumstantial of the day that you're listening to and motivational um, tapes, YouTube videos, however you choose to ingest it. Probably not tapes. What, it's not 1995, definitely not they, tapes. But, you know, know. I, I had tapes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, you know, you get me, you get me. I, yeah, I used to have cassette tapes actually as well. But it's repetition, right? You, you could be in a certain mood one day and you'll hear a speech that you've listened to many, many times and so then it'll stick out to you and you're like, where was that before? I never heard that before. And it's just because you're in a different mode at the time and you're, yep. you're listening for a different reason, essentially a lot of the time, I think. Yeah. And, and it's funny. It depends on where you are at the moment. And I actually had a conversation with somebody earlier about perception and about what your state of mind is and that, how that affects your perception. And what I, explained to him, I said, so if there was a homeless guy on the corner holding a sign saying Tulsa for like Tulsa out Alabama, he just needs to get to Tulsa. You're going to be at that red light. You're going to look at him and think, oh, he needs to go to Tulsa. He's dirty. He probably smells. He's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, probably just wanting money, you know, whatever. But somebody else will help him and they pull away. Or if that same guy was holding a sign that says, I need to get the mom's house for Thanksgiving. You're going to look at him and be like, well, he could put the cigarette out and he just can't smoke in the car. Yeah. He's dirty and smelly. I got a towel he could sit on. We could roll the windows down, but he needs to get home to mom. So it's all about perception. It could be the same person, but something tweaked just a little bit of the mindset that you're in that day that you pick up on something else and view it a little different. Hmm. Yeah. Great analogy. Right analogy. Love that. Now, if you were to, if you were to start, and, and you do so many things, it's hard to package this question in a way that's deliverable, right? But if you were to start, throw it out there. Let's go with entrepreneurship, right? Let's say, okay. let's say, let's go back to when you left the fire brigade, um, and you were going to start again as an entrepreneur. Is there something you, anything you would do differently? Anything you would fundamentally say, hmm, I would probably do that in a different way. Wow. There, it, all, it all goes back to those failures that we talk about. Um, there's many of them. In the beginning, seek counsel. I did not. I did it Eric's way. And that's where a lot of my failures came up. And if you look... Um, at any successful person, any any high producing person, any with an extreme amount of success, CEO, whatever initials or titles they have, if you look back behind them, there's probably a long, long list of failures. So me, things that I would change that I wouldn't do it again is definitely find people to help you because none of those successful people that we talked about did it alone. So don't try to do it alone. Um, success leaves a path, it leaves a mark. So there's footprints that are already there to follow. Don't, you can kind of tweak things along the way to make them your own, but with business principles, they're all pretty much the same. You know, and you have to have the right mindset along with it. And in the beginning, I didn't. I didn't. I looked at it completely, completely different. And I looked at it from the financial side first. 
of mm -hmm. how can I benefit? Yes. And then I'll help the people, which I looked at it completely wrong. So two big things is put other people first and then get help. Don't do it alone. Because you, like I said, if you look at any successful person, there's failures, but there's also people, mentors and support that they've had along the way to help them. And I look back to my fire career and I, all I did was keep my mouth shut and listen. I was fortunate to work with some of the best people. And as I got promoted through the ranks, it was because my ears were opened and I took what they taught me and their support and implemented it when it came time for promotion. Yeah, absolutely right. And I've asked that question many times and many people say, oh, I wish I got some more people on board or wish I'd, you know, just even just surrounding yourself with the right people, right? You know, yeah. surrounding yourself with, if, if you're a carpenter, surround yourself with carpenters. If you want to write a book, find someone else that's wrote one, right. question them, quiz them, get into their, get into their brain, get into their soul, figure out how they did it. And it's going to, it's going to, bring you forward leaps and bounds. Sometimes that can shortcut months or years into oh getting God, you yeah. to where you want to get to, right? Absolutely. It's, um, and it's, it's in a way, it's asking for help, isn't it? It's, um, and as, as the great one, Les Brown says, ask for help, not because you're weak, but because you want to remain strong. Now, right. when you're starting out in business, as you've just pertained to, you have a bit of bravado, you know, it, it's, you're kind sure. of focusing on you. It's about the money. You want to be a bit of a big shot sometimes. I'm not speaking for you yep. here. I'm speaking on my own. What you agree with me? So then, great. Then you have, you know, uh, you know, on, on the big shot, and you think I can do this all by myself. I don't need any help. And you don't want to ask for help because that can sometimes seem like you are weak. But right. actually, like I've just said, it's it's not. It's going to help you to remain strong by asking for help. It's the complete opposite. Complete mm -hmm. opposite. Because it'll keep you grounded. And the higher up you go in any industry, any business, whether it's your company, somebody else's, there's going to be a level of humility that needs to grow with you. And if you're not, as you go up, if you're not willing to let that level of humility grow as your position grows, you're, you're going to fall. Because you're going to start making it about you and lose the reason why you're there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So you're not bringing purpose to it. Mm, purpose is important. You know, you got to you always got to like align. Think, you know, like with the gym. What? Why am I doing this? Why? Why do I have this business? You know, it's to provide people with a great place where they can work out and um, you know improve their health and their fitness and their overall quality of life. And yeah. it's, I'm sure there's a bit more to it than that. I've just summarised it there, but it's you've always got to remember what your core goals are as a business. Yes, you might be the owner. Yes, you might be the operator, but it's not about you. It's if, if you, if you try and make it all about you, it's going to be a slippery slope, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. And the way in, in, in business ownership, anytime I've had employees working for me, I take that very serious because I don't just see them. I see their husbands, their wives, their kids, their house. We're providing them, an avenue to be able to afford that and to have that. So I don't just see somebody standing in, in my gym or any of the other companies I've ever owned. I look at them, their family and their situation and that I take that very serious because if I lose grasp of this, they lose grasp of what they have outside of our four, four walls. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's very important to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
It takes a lot. Can take, you know, it's interesting. It takes a long time to build a good, strong, and of course, profitable business. You know, you don't want to have a business that isn't profitable because that's going to be detrimental. But it takes a long time to do that. But it can take a very short time to to do the opposite and and bring it bring it down if you're not spending the right amount. If you're not nurturing it, you know, and nurturing your customers. Yeah, and yeah, you you could. You could take five years and build a great, successful business and lose it in five hours. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. I, I've done it. Right. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I, I had the roofing company, and you know, had a a wrong partnership going on, and and it fell apart, and it fell apart fast. <laughs> the wheels came off, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we put flat wheels on it to begin with but, <laughs> I mean, you know it's just part of that you, you have to you have if you can't laugh at yourself you you can't take yourself too serious when you're in business take the business serious be professional about it but don't take it personal mm, yeah so, lots of valuable lots of gems coming ahead people if you watch if you're watching this back now you should probably rewind back a little bit further and get your notepad and pen out i reckon <laughs> <laughs> now um i'm gonna give you i'm gonna hit you with one more question and then we're gonna go, come on to some of your your future projects eric and uh, a book i know you've got coming out soon which i'm excited yeah. to read and ask you about if you could give three hot tips and maybe two or three book recommendations to anyone that's looking to start their own small business what would they be well um gosh i would definitely think and grow rich is super important the bible <laughs> the, it business wise absolutely absolutely um you know and and really you brought you bring up the bible but there's there's so many principles within that that are phenomenal for business because ethics integrity so important in the business so like me honestly i build all mine on biblical principles so that's why i really devote it to the people um, so definitely think and grow rich is, is a huge one. There's a book called traction and it actually, it's great for business owners that are currently in business. Or if you're starting one, it's almost like a workbook of how to put the right people in the right seats. And that's oh, like called traction traction. Yeah. And it, it's, it's great because you might have somebody here. And they're doing an okay job, but you have a position down here where, you know what, they're better suited. Let's move them. So getting the right people in the right seats and it helps you create your vision and what you stand for and what the purpose of the business is. And sometimes if people don't have buy-in, maybe they need to go somewhere else. So it really, and then you get to bring in the right people. So it's really a tough book to go through because you might have to shift personnel, but for business business wise, it's an absolute phenomenal book. I'm going to add that to my arsenal, my collection, and um, yeah. So just three hot tips, and I know you've given plenty here in in, in today's call, but um, yeah, three hot tips to someone who's possibly thinking that this is a good time. And as you know, we both agree on that that it is a great time to start small business, however adverse and strange that might seem like a thing to say. But yeah, three hot tips for someone that's thinking about starting their own going out on their own so focus on and you need to be laser focused on what you want to do so if 
take the fitness industry, for example, you could go a thousand different ways in the fitness industry. So you need to be laser focused on what your goal is and stay focused on it. Don't give up on that. So really be committed to what you're about to do, because that's going to be huge. That level of commitment is intentional and it's going to drive you through the tough times. Um, that seek counsel, get the people that we talked about, seek advice, build on that advice, bring those ideas. Just don't go ahead and implement them, discuss them, brainstorm them with people that have already done it. And then really look at your situation. Are you happy where you are? And then if you're surrounding yourself with people, are they where you want to be and where you want to go? And who are you taking your advice with? Because if they're not where you want to go or where you want to be, they're probably not going to give you great advice. And surround yourself with people that are going to inspire you and lift you up, not talk negatively over you and tear you down. So really, it's important where you're getting your information from, who you surround yourself with, and your intentional drive to get to the goal that you want to get to. Love it. Love it. It's like a... Where are you going and who's going with you? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I do is I, I look at where I want to go and then I look behind me and say, okay, who can I take with me? Because that's when it gets fun. When you bring somebody in and you bring them with you, you provide opportunities and then you push them past where you are. You want to talk about exciting. That will bless you more than, than what, where you're at and how you got there on your own. But you bring somebody up and push them forward further than you, that is fun. I'm glad that you shared that because that's a sentiment I share with you, Eric. You know, you're, for me, there's no greater feeling in the world than helping other people get to where they want to get to, you know, putting others in front of them before, before yourself and your own needs. And, and when, when you can offer your time, vice, and skills, whatever it is that someone else needs to get them to, where they want to get to the next level. And then you see them get there. The satisfaction right. is just immense. Yeah. And I'll, I'll share some examples. When do, yeah. I started a land holdings and acquisition company and I found a niche where nobody was working. And within nine months, we did a little over 6 million in business. And so many people were coming to me and saying, how do you do this? I'll pay you to teach me how. And I wound up selling my company to an investment group after being op only open nine months. But what was great is I've spoken to probably roughly 15 people. And I would say eight or nine of them have multi-million dollar businesses. And I never took a penny. So you want to talk about <laughs> watching their success because of just being able to share something that's here. Because knowledge is in power. Implementation of knowledge is powerful. So when you can pour into somebody and really see them light up and they call you, hey, I got this going on. What do you think? And you just push them forward and you just watch. And social media is great for this because you could watch their success level go yes. up. Yeah. That, that's worth more than any paycheck you could ever get if you ask me. Mm, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's not, it's not. You just personified it. It's not about the money. It's about just helping others and seeing their success and pushing them on the way, you know, like, like we, like we have done and, and we will no doubt do in the future as you move on to new projects and you consult people who have already done it and seek them out and ask them advice. 
you are in perpetuity then doing that for other people when other people Absolutely. you know ask you and see how you've done it yeah right. and i've been watching your podcast since pretty much since you started i don't think i've only missed a couple but i mean look what you're doing for people you're bringing them out you're inspiring them to start their own podcast you know you're putting out information i mean we're involved in some of the same groups so i see what you're putting out and i see what people are asking and then watching them succeed so you're doing it right now which is amazing mm, thank you thank you and it's um it's interesting i've actually a lot of people, so many people have been asking me about podcasts i've actually thought about putting a short course together on on how to get it done really quickly across all platforms because there you go what one person can find very easy i've had a computer in my bedroom since i was 10 or 10 or 11 years old so sure. it's second nature to me to just yeah it's all there but I, obviously i appreciate that that's not the same for everyone so yeah there might be a little short course coming soon watch out for that everyone there but you go moving on to moving on to future projects i know eric and i'm excited for this because i love reading and this looks like just my kind of book you have a collaborative effort book coming out that features les brown johnny wimbury and heather monaghan monaghan yeah monaghan that's it and uh, that's called the power of mental wealth can you tell yeah. us a little bit more about that one it, it's wow what a what a crazy crazy project um so how it even came up is is very unique in itself i had a rookie at the fire department and he had so much potential in him but he couldn't see it I mean, you could stick his face in a mirror and he wouldn't be able to see what he had inside of him. And this seminar comes up in, in Texas and we were in Florida at the time. So I said, let's go to this. You're coming with me. So I didn't know I was going to get more out of it than he did. But so this guy, Johnny Wimbry, who I never even heard of, comes out and he, he's got his son with him. And he's talking about creating memories and the importance of the of having a positive mindset and how that impacts not only you, but everybody around you, and how that opens it up to create opportunities for the, your loved ones and friends. So at that moment, he was speaking to me, not the, anybody else in the whole arena. you know. And I told the guy that I was with, I was like, I'm going to do something with that guy. I am going to work with him one day. I don't know what, how, or, but I'm telling you, I will. And this was seven years ago. So later on that night, we went to a restaurant and we're waiting for our car to take us back to the hotel. Well, who walks up? Johnny Wimbry. And he's like, what are you, are you guys in for the conference? We said, yeah, made some small talk. He's like, you going back to the host hotel? He said, yeah. He said, well, give me, I'll give you a ride. Hop in. So, okay. So we hop in. Small talk, you know, happens between him and my buddy. He asked me what my story was. And I, I told him, I said, I don't start things I can't finish. So I don't have time to tell you everything. And he was kind of <laughs> <little, laughs> like, right like, nobody does that. So anyway, fast forward to January of this year. Some comments were made on social media and he messaged, private messaged me and said, we need to talk. And I sent him my number. I said, call anytime. Well, five minutes later. He's on, we were on the phone and he said, man, your voice sounds so familiar. He said, have we ever met before? And I said, yeah, we met in Dallas about seven years ago. He's like, you're that guy. And I said, yes, sir, I am. And he's like, you got time to tell me your story? Give me the clip. <laughs> and yeah, and I didn't mean it in a negative way that back then, you know, and 
so I told him the story and he invited me to be part of the project. Wonderful, wonderful. And, and when the book's scheduled to come out, middle so, of November? And my, my chapter, I wrote one chapter in it and mm -hmm. I speak about understanding the value of your self-worth and some of the stuff that I've touched on tonight is in there, but it goes a little more in depth to where the mindset is and how to overcome it. And some of the things that I was able to do once I did understand and know the value of my self-worth once I recognized it. Fantastic. And uh, I'm going to cut you a deal right now, if you're willing to, I'd like to be one of the first, if not the first in Australia to have a copy of the book Done. And, give, and give you a review. Fantastic. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Eric, I've learned so many gems from you today. And, and you know, what we've talked about oh. is finding, finding people who are mentors, who are entrepreneurs, or it doesn't matter whatever you are, you know, if you're a carpenter, painter, butcher, uh, you know, like they say, butcher, baker, candlestick maker. It doesn't matter what you are, you know. Right. I always, and it's important, I find others to look up to other people and see how they've done it. And you're an inspiration to me. You're someone that I look up to oh. as an entrepreneur. Thank and, you. And thank you. I, um, I've learned so many nuggets from you today. So thank you. And I hope our audience have as well. I, I hope so as well. And, and thank you for inviting me on here. It was really a pleasure. And I, I really enjoyed it. So, and uh, I, I have a feeling it will be the first of. Thank you. Sorry to cut across you. I have the. Fe I have a feeling it'll be the first of many times you'll feature on the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. So, I'll come yeah. back anytime. Sounds great. Thanks, Eric. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And uh, what time are you going to get to sleep tonight? Um, I'm thinking about one thirty. I'm a little tired tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you spoke very well for someone who's tired. So, yeah, get some rest, buddy, and I'll catch up with you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you guys you. have a great one.